I think DevOps provides a platform for security to actually scale. It's all about, I think, tuning your security tools and making them smarter to work in a build pipeline. Welcome to OWASP 24-7, sponsored by the Open Web Application Security Project, improving the security of software. With support from the Nexus Community Project, supporting millions of open source developers worldwide. My name is Greg Anderson. I will be serving on the OWASP board come January 1st. Prior to joining the board of OWASP, I've been a chapter leader for OWASP San Antonio, and I'm also the, the current project leader for OWASP Defect Dojo. That's where you and I originally first met, right? I think we were over in Rome and we talked about Dojo. Yeah, yeah, at, at Belfast, I believe it was. Belfast, yeah. First of all, congratulations for your nomination and acceptance to the board. One of the things I'd like to get clarification on is when you ran your campaign, a lot of it was based around community engagement. So what are the first things that you plan on doing as far as community engagement is concerned? Great question, Mark. So uh, when I think about community engagement, there's a couple different aspects. We think about community engagement as it relates to projects. We think about community engagement as it relates to chapters, uh, conferences, and, and outreach. So uh, I'm going to start with chapters. Basically, my thoughts on chapters are we, we have some at OWASP that are extremely successful. And so one thing I did while I was running is I went and I visited as many as I could to try and understand how different chapters operate, uh, what their pain points might be. Is there any commonalities that are making chapters strong? Are there commonalities in terms of problems? What I found from that is, is actually, I don't think that there's a strong general consensus one way or another. There doesn't seem to be like a specific time that works best for chapters or, or a format. The thing I did notice from the most successful chapters though is the, the level engagement relative to the participants. What that means is at some chapters, I think you'll find the atmosphere is you could never talk if you chose to. You could just show up, listen to the presentation, go home, never interact with anyone. The, the larger chapters have a much deeper level of personal interaction. The question that, that came out of this for me was, how do we help growing chapters or struggling chapters to become more successful to better serve their communities, essentially? Greg, when you say that, how do we support? You're talking about how does OWASP support? Do you really have a way that OWASP itself can support uh, the chapters that aren't working so well? I think there's things we can do to make their lives easier and give them a better chance for success. And so uh, what some of those things are is taking what large chapters are not struggling with. Uh, a concern I keep hearing over and over again is, is getting good speakers in. And so depending on a chapter's budget, it might not be possible to bring in people to speak and they might not have a, a great talent pool to draw from for whatever reason, or they've gone through their entire talent pool. One dialogue I'll be opening in the coming weeks with current chapter leaders is how to get better support 
from other leaders who are successful, meaning that, you know, what we'd be hoping to establish is a network for chapter leaders to share their concerns and, and hopefully get help. We've seen people experimenting with the virtual platform. So having speakers that are virtual or doing an entire chapter in a virtual format. I think there's definitely some things we, we want to keep exploring with that. Having a virtual speaker while the chapter is still physically present could be a way to leverage speakers even without any budget to bring people on site. But I, I think the, the thing to really drive home is, is increasing general discussion. So rather than bringing a speaker in, a, another format that we could possibly experiment with is just having general discussion points for a meeting rather than like bringing someone in and having them talk about something they're an expert in talk about a challenge in security and try to drive general engagement from your actual members the thing that that does though that gives some kind of guidelines on how to run a meeting greg but it doesn't answer the question of how can OWASP support i mean is there a financial contribution that overall OWASP is thinking about contributing how are they going to support the chapter itself? In terms of financials, there's a, a number of avenues chapter leaders can potentially leverage that they might not know are available, uh, potentially using things like outreach funds, which gives you up to $500. But um, really, it's about providing resources, I think, through volunteer efforts. So say you have someone from the, the Austin, Texas chapter who's, who's very successful at running their chapter. And let's say that uh, a smaller chapter is, is struggling. If those leaders were willing to uh, meet with these folks, most likely virtually, to discuss this, their concerns, discuss ideas, and possibly you know, lend speakers, I just think we need to create a stronger communication network and, and support system for chapter leaders to better serve their communities. Does that mean setting up web pages? Does it mean setting up a forum? What does that entail from the OWASP perspective? I'm not a big fan of, of creating new platforms if we can avoid it. There's a lot of great discussion that goes on in the OWASP Slack channels. Uh, maybe we just need an official channel to kick off that effort. Ultimately, I don't want to make decrees, essentially. I, I want it to be organic, an organic discussion from the, the chapter leaders. You know, and, and the point of this is also we don't want to change the format or I don't want to change the format or the structure or the relationship of chapters or chapter leaders to OWASP. It's a very tough job and I just want to try and provide additional resources to help them. And I think it's also an efficiency thing. I think the resources already exist in our community and the, the people are willing to help. We just have to create the channels for them to do so. That then moves us over to your second leg of engagement here as projects. In the past years, as I've followed the discussion, there seems to be a dichotomy or an argument between projects and chapters. Your position, it seems to me when I was watching your platform, you build your platform uh, during your campaign, is more geared towards chapters. How, does, how do projects fit into your vision? No, no, I, I definitely wouldn't say that my vision is geared one way or the other. Um, I'm also a, a project leader. I'm active project leader, no longer an active chapter leader. I think it, it's really a, a split in terms of what makes OWASP great. We have this awesome community interactions around chapters and 
our technology, I, I think, is something that is also very prevalent and why people choose to come and participate in OWASP. So what are projects struggling with? Part of it is just around transparency and what's going on with funds. The new JIRA ticketing system is, is an excellent step towards making things more transparent in terms of like what is going on so you know like where your request is as a project. I also like that we're, we're experimenting in this space as well. So OWASP did a, a code sprint this summer and where OWASP brought in students to, to work on projects, which overall turned out to be a phenomenal value for projects and the development work that got done. How do we drive more participation in projects? I think first, evangelizing, right? Letting people know that they actually exist, what they do, what they're used for, but also uh, providing infrastructure where possible. So some idea that I'm sort of entertaining is it can be hard to test and maintain code without the necessary infrastructure. And so the San Antonio, or not the San Antonio, the, the New York chapter leader is working on a project called Virtual Village to actually give OWASP projects infrastructure that need it. I think those are, are very interesting. Those areas are, are of particular interest in me to, to further project development and engagement. I mean, Aaron's work is just phenomenal. He's just a, a totally awesome member of the community. And I'm, I'm sure the, the other problem with success, though, is, is sometimes it, it can expand so quickly that it can be hard to manage. So I just, it, it can be very difficult. But, uh, but yeah, so conferences and, and outreach were sort of the, the other two points. On conferences, and unfortunately, we, we had a dip this year in terms of attendance for, for AppSec USA. I haven't really had a chance to investigate what the, the cause of that is. But that's definitely a concern to me. As a board member, unless there is some you know, very compelling reason, I'm at all the major conferences and, and always happy to, to chat with community members about their particular concerns. I think the number one thing we can do to correct the, the decrease we saw this year at AppSec USA is just uh, you know, going out in the communities, better letting people know that this event is actually happening. And, and I think this touches on outreach because I was at LastCon this year, which if you're not familiar with, it's a, a conference put on by the Austin OWASP chapter. I was in this training, and, and one of the things that I thought was so striking is it was very, very technical training. And so I expected everyone there to be, you know, like bona fide security professionals. And there was only one security professional in the training. Everyone else was a developer. I think one way the security industry is shifting is we're starting to try and t- try to tap other resources to fill the, the demand and the talent gap. And so uh, a bunch of people are looking to developers. And I don't think that that's a market that we've reached out to as well as we could have in the past. One of the things that I would like to hear your view on is how does DevOps play into OWASP? My experience in the industry is DevOps has essentially changed how we think and do development, right? You have these these agile releases, which wasn't really a thing five years ago. As dev technologies evolve, we essentially have to evolve with them or we won't be able to integrate or, or do our jobs effectively. The other interesting thing about DevOps as it relates to security in a larger sense is that it provides a unique opportunity to make security more scalable. 
I think the other sort of interesting development in security as it relates to DevOps is we're getting a lot better about validating automated scans. There's something called WebKit technology, which gives better interaction inside a browser specific to application security. And so we're seeing open source scanners starting to utilize this, uh, Arachne being one. I think DevOps provides a platform for security to actually scale. It's all about, I think, tuning your security tools and making them smarter to work in a build pipeline. I run the LinkedIn DevOps group, and we've got over 60,000 members. What other groups could we be aligning with in order to get more engagement with OWASP? Uh, I, I think it's a, a two-way street, to be honest. I think that there's things the security industry and OWASP needs to do to be more inclusive of our dev counterparts. Also, because as the industry evolves, I think we're going to work just closer and closer together. I think the the challenge on the other side is sometimes when you have really built brilliant people, it can be hard to, to get through to them. Security needs to do a better job of, of changing the conversation and, and explaining how we're on the same page with development to get that buy-in and, and open the other lane on the street, essentially, to get the communication flowing two ways. So I think you know there's a communication issue, there's a culture issue, there's a talent shortage, there's new technologies to learn. It's very challenging, but I think in terms of like maturity, we see dev sort of leading the way in, in terms of maturity, and then quality assurance is, is chasing them. And then finally, here comes security. So I feel like our technology tends to be, you know, three to four years behind, give or take, I think of eventually we'll reach a consensus. I just think now we're, we're going through the growing pains of that transition. How can we get security in sync with developers and operations. And that's the idea behind DevSecOps. And I would agree with your time frame. you know, two to three years out of sync. What can we do as a community of OWASP to help move that closer to being in sync? I think it's partially who owns security because in, in traditional programs, it's all about having the control and the reporting centralized around your security team. No matter you know how many people you hire, if you're doing all manual assessments, or you know you're relying solely on your security team, I'm not sure that'll ever scale or solve the issue. Something I'm I'm working on right now, or, or the the principle that I've bought into, is that if I can make the tools very easy to use for the developers, so you know you write coding wrappers in in your favorite class, and it's a, a three line thing for a developer to put in their their Jenkins or their build pipeline instance to kick off security tests and get results. I think that is probably the best way to integrate with developers going forward. So they get this three-line snippet of code that they just put in their build pipeline as as an individual process or just straight into their script. The security team gets the results and can then advise the dev team accordingly, but they're also getting real-time feedback. And so in that model, it's also, again, to be very articulate with how you're tuning your scanners to to try and get them the best results possible. But at the same time, I think that's still an active challenge in security. When you're talking about tuning your scanners, Greg, there's a couple schools on that. One is that scanner is around the parameter. You're scanning the perimeter. The new school is saying that we need to keep more of an eye on the application attack surface because of the prevalent use of open source. 
I think it, it, there there's a, a healthy balance, to be honest with you. In one sense, as software develops, what we're seeing is is more and more code being recycled. And so I think dependencies play a, a particular important role in uh, security programs moving forward. With security being such an asymmetric game, I, I don't think that there's you know one silver bullet for protection. I think for the the health of the program, you really have to consider all avenues. And so, you know, I I don't think in the current model that automation is ever going to be a, a supplement for like deep dive manual penetration testing. Uh, you know, I, I think you always have to consider the the threat actors, emerging research, and the sort of the unique technologies and uh, attack surface area of your company. But I, I think it's it's moving in a great direction. And I think that, you know, our, our first challenge is, is just to get our, our tooling figured out, to get our tooling in a more efficient place. So that way it makes life easier on the company as a whole and developers uh, figuring out the best places to integrate and how we do that. The, the larger picture, I, I don't think anyone has figured out. And I don't think there's a one t-shirt fits all sort of thing. It's something that you have to, build uh, around the uniqueness of a company and their challenges. One of the things that projects have in general, and we see many orphaned projects at OWASP, is the lack of volunteers. Everybody has a finite amount of time. Have you seen any patterns or have you looked into why certain projects get volunteers and others don't? Yeah, so so code quality is is a huge challenge for projects right now. We see uh, a lot of abandoned projects that I don't think are, are representing OWASP well. Because imagine if, if you were new to OWASP or you had no background in security and, you, and you're trying to get spun up in security for some reason. And you go to these projects lists and half of them uh, don't exist anymore. They're old, they don't work, et cetera. And so, you know, what makes a good project versus... Or, or how do projects end up, end up succeeding? A lot of it, I think, is community buy-in to solve an issue. You know, it, it's definitely a, a challenge when your project is driven by volunteers because it's all about, uh, you know, how much free time can they get and how do they balance that time relative to their their full time work schedule. I don't know. It, it's 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 a very big challenge in, in open source overall. We're going to have to figure out something to to better support projects. I don't know, to be honest. It's it's a tough question. <laughs> it is. We we can't all be a Zap project with Mozilla funding us from behind. I think that might be one of the things I've heard Tom Brennan mention it is can we get companies to support specific projects? I think that is the key, to be honest. People have concerns about influence from, uh, you know, corporate NRDs or motives that might not align with OAuth's core mission, and I, I completely understand that. I've seen it. You don't have to prove it to me that it's really happening. I, I believe it. But at the same time, uh, getting buy-in from commercial entities to support projects might be a viable way to make them better for the community. And so, you know, I. I really just don't know. I, I don't want to like commit to say so, and say something that this is exactly what we should do. I think we need to figure it out though, as as a community, to strengthen OASP as a whole and strengthen our projects. There was a lot of, of vocal tension for years around that idea, Greg. That you know we're becoming 
sponsored by corporations and therefore their message is going to be with front and center at OWASP. I personally haven't seen that. Uh, as an example, I'll use Zap again. If you didn't know it, you wouldn't know that Mozilla was behind that project. There's a way to do this, to get companies to support it for their own reasons, and plus to have us have the funding and the engagement with an external community of users. I think it's a, a win-win for everybody. Agreed. Yeah, Mark, I definitely think that there's a, a right way to do it. I do think that we have seen instances where it's a, abused, though, with, with one project in particular that left a, a, a sort of a very <laughs> sour in OWASP's history. But on the on the positive side of that sort of ordeal is that the community caught it, right, and, and made it very vocal and very aware that they were not happy about it, which is a, a great feedback loop, and I'm glad that it was caught. But at the same time, we, we have to, to forge a, a path forward to better support our projects. That leaves us with the roundup then that your concerns right now as far as engagement are a three-legged stool. You've got chapters, projects, and events. You're just coming into your first cycle on the board. Can you summarize for us what your first steps are going to be or what you plan your first steps to be? Yeah, absolutely. So from my perspective, I, I think the board is has some very interesting challenges moving forward, especially because we, we've lost a lot of senior OWASP staff recently. A lot of the community doesn't realize that OWASP is just about an eight-person full-time org, and that's it. So you know, losing these staff members, I, I think, is a big hit and something that we need to figure out quickly. Uh, my, my overall philosophy on the board is it's better to act and screw up than than stagnate. You know, if, if we do make a, a, a poor decision, then I, I think it's important just to correct it, own it, and, and pivot, essentially. That is something that I'm concerned about, is, is the overall staffing concerns. Next is engagement and just overall happiness of the, the community. So I think the, the thing to drive is just organic discussion. Try to set up this network for, for chapter leaders, uh, start discussion with the project leaders to try and, and figure out the right balance. You know, how can we better support chapters How can we, or projects? How can we enable them? Examine our outreach. How do we broaden and expand our community? How do we make it a, a better experience overall for everyone? I've been talking with Greg Anderson, new board member at OWASP, about his plans for community engagement and growing OWASP outside of its original boundaries here. Greg, really nice to talk to you. Thanks so much, Mark. Really appreciate your time. You have been listening to OWASP 24-7 with your host, Mark Miller, and music provided by the George Cole Quintet. With support from the Nexus Community Project, supporting millions of open source developers worldwide. 